Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that we're going to reflect on this Father's Day weekend uh, is from the Old Testament lesson. It says, I was ready to be sought by those that did not ask for me, ready to be found by those that did not seek me. I spread out my hands all the day to you while you were in rebellion against me. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So that's an uplifting Father's Day text, isn't it? I was talking with Pastor Brandt. Sometimes you wonder why in the great scheme of things was this chosen to be part of the lectionary readings or, or the churchier readings. And, and I think part of the reason as we celebrate Father's Day, hopefully you've had a great relationship with your dad, we get the opportunity today to talk about the good father, our, our heavenly father, and his great love that he has for us. But even God, our, our good father, has some times where he needs to discipline his children. And while we don't like discipline, God's tough love, if you would, uh, we need to talk about that and reflect on it from time to time. And I'm going to do that using this Isaiah text. All right. So in Scripture, there's a bunch of stories where there's a father who's basically waiting for a son or, or some children or a child to return back to them. One of the famous ones is from Luke chapter 15, the, the prodigal son story. You, you know that one. Um, child goes up to dad and says, Dad, I want my inheritance. Everything that you owe me, just give it to me. Basically, he's telling dad, I wish you were dead. So happy Father's Day, dad, to you. I'm going off to spend my inheritance. Then in Isaiah, we have a similar story of a rebellious child. Now, this is not a child that just takes his possessions and runs. He basically, under the protection of a loving father or parent, is basically saying, hmm, I'm going to do things my way under your roof. So I'm going to punch this up a little bit, and I'm going to ask for your help. Who hears, who hears a parent? All right, moms and dads alike. And, all right, see, some point here in the next couple of weeks as Noel and I get into foster care, I'm going to be a dad, all right? And, and I'm going to need some of your help. So what do you do when you have a child where it's all about them, okay? So you got this 18-year-old, and, and here's, here's what's going on. They, they have gotten it into their head that they're going to drop out of school, right? I don't want to be bothered with it. But, even though that's going on, I'm going to expect that you feed me and clothe me and, and, and shelter me, prepare my meals for me, um, do my laundry, <laughs> all right? Take me to the dentist or the doctor, pay for my insurance, my medical bill. I'd love a car, and I don't want the, the old beater, all right? I want that 2013 one that you've had for a couple of years. You're not going to need it much longer. I'd like to have that. Please pay for my gas. Please pay for my insurance. Right. I'd like a cell phone because, you know, I need to stay in touch with my friends. Unlimited texting, data plans, and the ability to talk wherever I want and whenever I want. That'd be great. Please keep me current in the latest and greatest technology because, after all, that's where it's at. Basically, what's going on there is they're asking for a free ride. And to make matters worse, and I know for some this hits home, to make matters worse, they don't want to do chores, no obligations imposed on them, no expectation to keep their room in order, no rules in the house whatsoever. After all, I'm 18. I should be able to come and go as I want, hang out with who I like, and you really don't have 
a say about that. Oh, but please, if I get in trouble and I'm <laughs> in a prison situation, would I, I call you, please bail my backside out, okay? So as a soon-to-be dad, moms and dads who have some experience, what do you do? All right. Last night, there was at least one brave soul who said, you take him out, right? And, and <laughs> thank you, gentlemen, who said that last night, because that's really the truth of it. It's the loving thing to do is to basically take that young man or lady by the scruff of the neck and set him outside the door and say, you know, you've, you've taken my compassion, you've taken my forgiveness as license and permissiveness to continue on in this behavior. As a mom and dad, you've poured into them, tried to give them values and, and something to, to work with, and, and there is something drastically mixed up. They've got something backwards. And so you take them by the scruff and you close the door. You're telling them you're not going to tolerate that behavior anymore. And now, is that 18-year-old going to feel like that is loving? even though it's the loving response. So let me give you an example of what will happen. The door is closed, so imagine this is a door. Fine! I don't care if you kick... I'm, I'm going to be okay on my own. You just, you just wait and see. You never love me anyway. All the while, in their head, they're saying, please open, please open, please open, please open. And the door doesn't open this time. And right about now, you're probably wondering, Pastor, that's not in the Bible anywhere. Yeah, it is. All of Isaiah talks about not just one child, but children of God who would basically say, you know what, we're going to do things our way. And God says it right like this in Scripture. You are a rebellious people that walk in a way that's not good. You follow your own devices. Sacrificing in gardens, making offerings... (laughs) on bricks, sitting in tombs, spending the night in secret places, eating the flesh of pigs and drinking the broth of tainted meat. Basically what he's talking about there is, I've given you the land that is flowing with milk and honey. I've given you everything. I've provided for you. And yet you are sacrificing to poles, just man-made items. You're, You're involved in things that are so far from where I want you. And I want to steer you back to, to a relationship with me is what God is doing here in Isaiah. And so he sends prophet after prophet to warn the children, hey, turn back to God. And the children do this. They go, well, keep to yourself, minister, prophet man. Don't come near me because I'm too holy for you. In other words, I'm all right where I am. I can do things however I want. You see, their minds have gotten absolutely twisted. And at this point in Scripture, they are beyond reasoning with. God has given them warning. God has given them mercy, compassion, love. And so finally, he's had enough. And the way the Scripture goes, he pours his wrath, his anger, into their lap for their iniquities. And not just their iniquities, for the generations that have gone before him. And he's right to do so. And so as... Babylon is being used to bring God's children back, and, and he's thinning out the, the herd. He's issuing tough love and, and discipline here. And, and God never wanted to do this to begin with. Martin Luther calls it his alien nature when he disciplines us. 
but he's still displaying that he's the one who's in control. And we should be abiding by his way of life. And so Isaiah is concerned for the people now. In the chapter before all of this, he prays on behalf of them who've been basically taken into Babylonian captivity. And he's basically praying a prayer that goes like this, Lord, what's your attitude towards us? Dad, um, Dad, you threw us out. Are, are we ever going to be able to come back home? Have you, have you turned your back on us for good? Is basically what Isaiah is saying here. And that's a very real question for people who are going through things that they don't understand in their life. Okay. You can take anything that's happened in the recent headlines and you can start to wonder, where's God in the midst of this? Just, just think about what's happened just this past week. You have a, a young up-and-coming musician, singer, who gets shot and killed by a stalker You have some crazy nightclub shooting where 49 people lose their lives. At a Disney property, you have a two-year-old child who's mauled to death by an alligator, and people wonder, what is going on? And maybe we wonder, as Christians, where is God in the midst of this? How is he at work here? How can this be good, if it's good at all? And and it's a very real question that we can wrestle with. And you know, and any time we have questions or we're confused about what's going on, we need to go to the one that has answers, and that's Jesus. And the clearest, easiest answer for us is right there in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see, the answer is Jesus. It's always there. In the midst of the things that we do not understand, we have that. And I don't know, moms and dads, if you are in the business of praying with your children, but that is a good verse for us to memorize. And that's why we, at school, we we have our younger kids memorize it. John 3.16. Maybe if you aren't doing this, if, if you... Do an evening prayer with your children and make sure they know that word. It's a great message of the gospel and Jesus' love for us in a nutshell, especially when our world seems like it's falling down around our ears. It's right then and there we know that God still loves us and cares about us. Back to the Isaiah thing. In the opening lines God, lines, God says, I was ready to be sought by those that did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those that did not seek me. I spread out my hands to a rebellious people. But God doesn't leave him there. You see, what had happened is people were, Isaiah himself and, and the people of God, had God forgotten about us? No. God never forgot. He's standing right there with his arms wide open. What happened is the people of Judah, the children of God, has basically forgotten whose they were. That God was the creator, that God was the one that knit them together, gave them life. And yet God doesn't want to see them ultimately destroyed or anything in life to consume us. And so he says later in that passage, he says, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not throw it away for there's a blessing in it. So will I do for my servant's sake. What he's doing there is he's taking this agricultural analogy of bad grapes ones maybe that the birds have pecked or they're bruised or they look like raisins already because it's so hot and, and 
You might be tempted to see that and just toss it out. And God's saying, no, there's still good there. And yes, there will be times where you throw that into a vat and you press in on it. And yes, sometimes my tough love will press in on you. But there's good there. And I'm drawing you back to me. And I'm calling you into a repentant life. I love you. I'm standing with my arms wide open. And as children who rebel against our Heavenly Father in a number of ways in the way we act, uh, the lesson's pretty straightforward. We should see ourselves as a kid that's rebellious. We should not take God's mercy and compassion and forgiveness as license and approval to do whatever we want. And when that fails, sometimes he does something a little bit more drastic. It's never his first choice, but sometimes we know tough love. But in the midst of that tough love, or maybe you're going through a trial, or there's things in your life that you don't understand, and you wonder if God's forgotten you or if he loves you anymore, consider the work of the cross. Consider those outstretched arms of our Lord and Savior Jesus, who's basically saying, I'm right here. He's no longer outstretched on a cross. No, those nail scars and those holes in his hands and his feet, they show he's conquered all that thing that wants to hold you down. He's standing right there. My arm's outstretched. I love you. And then in the Galatians text, he says, you're not a slave. Don't be a slave any longer. You're a son. You're an heir. I've given you a place in my home. Those nail scar hands, those open hands, those outstretched arms just show how great God loves us. Despite our rebellion, he still came. Despite the fact that we were that snot-nosed, rebellious kid that didn't want to do things God's way and would much rather see him there than us, he still came. He loves us that much. We still have a place in his home forever. And with that, We keep our eyes focused on the cross and we never have to doubt his love or his goodness. Even in the midst of the things that we don't understand, he invites us to live a life of repentance worthy of the calling he's placed on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.